Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. Just want to introduce Shane. He's a recent graduate, and um, he um, has been coming to youth for quite a while. And he's going to be start starting to get to get to, get to do, do some leading. And um, he's called to ministry, and so we want to give him this opportunity. This is his second sermon because you know earlier early service was his first. <laughs> um, but, um, we're just really proud of him, and we just know that this is going to be a springboard for the rest of what God's called him to do. Um, so let's. Let's pray. Let's pray for him real fast. God, I just thank you for Shane. I thank you for his heart to serve you. Lord, I pray that you would just give him your words, that you would calm his spirit, and um, just. Bring him your words that he would speak to all of us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, I know as a youth, I often would discredit my calling. And I know growing up as adult, as when I saw adults spreading the gospel, I always rarely ever saw youth spreading the gospel. And I think that should really be a wake-up call for all of us youth to take the charge in spreading the word. And today, I, I know people are hurting today, and people are desperate for something to cling to and someone to cling to, and, that, and that's Christ. And usually, every time, whatever they find, it's always empty because Christ isn't in it. He doesn't reside in it. And when we see others hurting, I don't think we really ever take the time out of our day to go talk to them, go pray for them, and just encourage them. And as Christians, we can give them something that will never leave them or never forsake them, and that's Christ. I know I used to think that the, that was not my, my place to heal the hurting and to call the lost, but that is not true at all. In Jeremiah 1:6-8, it says, Also, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young. I'm, you must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not, be afraid of, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. When God tells you to speak, to speak to someone or call someone or cause you to ministry or missions or anything. That doesn't start when you get older to a certain age. That starts now. God doesn't call you the future you. He calls you right now. And when I was going through middle school, I often saw a lot of youth hurting or lost. And I always wondered why the adults never went up and talked to them or prayed for them. But now I realize that that is our place too, to go to them and talk to them and encourage them in the faith and just pray for them. I know that uh, usually when the adults are there, usually they just see a kid. But for us youth, knowing what they're going through, we, we, all, we usually always see a hurting kid that is putting on a fake smile for others. And as youth, we get to attack 
the enemy at its source, which is the youth. That's where he attacks. And God has allowed us to reach so many lost souls, and we don't even take the, like, the choice to do it. I don't think it's the leaders or parents' job to take action in this, but it's our youth job to attack it. We have to apply all we learn and use in youth and just use that knowledge and apply it. We are called to go and make disciples of all nations. So that means our very own youth group. We, choo- uh, we chose 1 Peter 2.9 as a scripture for our shirts, as you can see. We wanted to always remind the youth that we are chosen and we are called and we have a purpose. I'm going to expand a little on 1 Peter 1.9. It reads, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be, holy priest- to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying a stone in Zion, a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but not for those who do not believe. The stone that the builder is rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they, do not, they, because they disobey the word as they were destined to. But you are a chosen race, a, pro, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, that you, may, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous, marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. And once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We are all chosen, not only in this generation, but every generation is chosen. First Peter 1.9 says, but you are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. The God that created all things has chosen us, his people. We are his people and his possession. We are royal priests. We get that intimate relationship with God that some have never had before. We should be eager to tell others about Christ. And having that relationship with him should be enough of a motivation for us to want to tell others, for them to have that relationship. We were once in darkness, but now we were in light. There are people still in darkness, and, and light shines brighter in the dark. Darkness doesn't affect light, but light affects darkness. His spirit, his spirit is the light that, that, we give, that he gives his people. He left us the light, and it will never go out. What does it mean to be chosen, holy, and priest? Well, to me, chosen is whenever you play, whenever you play a game of or, or football or basketball, you are chosen by a team captain. You pick someone for a specific purpose and for a reason. God has chosen all of us for a specific purpose and a reason. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I concentrated, I concentrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Before we were even born, God chose us for a, for a specific reason and for a, a specific purpose. He chose us before we were even knew who we were. We all had different purposes. We all have different purposes, but the same calling, which is to spread the gospel. Everyone has a different way that they can communicate this, this calling. Some people through music, speech, art, work, actions, and social media. And what does it mean to be holy? When I think of being holy, I think of being all in with God. You are, when you are all in, you start to have different characteristics, like love, kindness, patience, and humility. Or also, you start to be the complete opposite of sin. Jesus talked about how it is not, how it is not what, com- what someone brings into their body that makes them unrighteous, but what comes out of their mouth and this heart. Striving for holiness means having a relationship with God defined by obedience for his will and being shaped to his character. To be as close as we can to be like Christ, I think the first step is to strive for holiness. First Peter 15, 16 says, 
But just as you who are called, just for you who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. And what does it mean to be a priest? As God's royal priesthood, we are called to serve God and demonstrate here on earth the love of Christ. When Christ died, he tore the curtain that allowed us to go into his presence. He died. We should, we should be telling others about the king of kings and his royal, as his royal priesthood. When I think about us being priests, I think about us being his, his ambassadors for Christ. And 1 Corinthians 5.20 gives a great example on that. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, making his appeal through, through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled unto God. As ambassadors for Christ, we are basically the middleman for Christ. We are the only Jesus some people will ever meet. Like Jesus, we will be rejected. Verse 4 says, as you, come, as you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. When Jesus came down, he was rejected by many, but followed by few. It is still the same way now. The few, will follow, the few who follow will be rejected by many. John 15, 19 says, if you, were not of, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Don't look at, don't look at it as a bad thing, though. See that as an opportunity. There are so many lost souls in this world, and the fact that we get a chance to, to put life in them is amazing. No matter the response, God, God sees you. He is proud of you, and he knows that, you will never, that he won't give up on you. Because no matter the outcome, he is, you are precious to him. As believers, you, you are not promised to be liked by everyone. I think to a certain point, we shouldn't so that we are humbled. And what does humility look like? As Christian, what does humility look like in the Christian walk? I think it is putting your pride aside, allowing God to move. How can we allow God to move if we always are caught up in our selfish desires? When, we, when he has a plan for, for, for a calling for us. Jesus was a very humble. Mark 10, 45 says, for Even the Son of Man came to not, not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came down not only to save us, but to give us an example of how we should act and treat others. Jesus always found ways to help others and to serve others, like, like when he washed his apples' feet. God gives us identity in, in Christ. Verse 10 says, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Today, there are still people searching for their identity. Some already may be Christians. When we were saved and we were baptized, we came out of the water with a new life and new identity in Christ. God caused our name on a stone in heaven. Revelation 12, 17 says, I will give, you, I will give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only in, to the one who receives it. And God is our cornerstone. Uh, verses six to seven says, well, yeah, in verse, verses six to seven, it talks about how God being our cornerstone, having Christ in your life, it makes a huge impact. You're, he is your foundation, and without, without him in there, it will start to crumble. It will be like building on sand. To have a stable foundation, you must have Christ as the cornerstone, or it will cause, or he will, or, or it will cause you to fail. It goes on to say, they stumble because they disobey the word, as they were destined to. They, they chose to not make God a part of their foundation, and by doing that, they're disobeying God. To have a relationship with Christ, you must have him as your cornerstone. And we are all chosen and precious to God. We are, his, we are God's possession. How many times do you stop and remember that you are his prized possession? Do you ever remember that God has chosen you for a purpose? God looked at you and said, it is good. 
God has never made anything without a purpose. He has made you for a purpose, and that purpose is told in verse 9. That you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Our purpose here on earth is to proclaim his excellence. We proclaim that through our testimonies. Our testimony is our most powerful message because everyone has a testimony. To the youth, it never said that our purpose is only to be exercised when we get a certain age or now, but now. Verse 10 says, once you are people, but now you are God's people. Once you, had not saved, not, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. It says now we are God's people. As God's people, that is our purpose now. Not when we get to a certain, not when we get a chance or the next time we see that person, but now. Do you have that person that you may be procrastinating about telling the gospel to? I think it's about time that we share with them the man that died for us and gave us new life in his light. At youth camp, one of our pastors was saying that the youth seem to be ashamed of the gospel. And why is that? I think it's because it goes against everything the world is for. By following the gospel, you will be different but making a difference. Romans 12.2 talks about us being set apart and not of this world. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by your renewal of your mind. By the testing you may, you may discern that it is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now with this, you may be asking, how can I share the gospel? Well, I, put, I made a three-point, I guess, way that I, I think would be helpful. One is to talk to someone. By speaking to someone, it may be scary as a youth especially, but especially if they're older than you too, but the reward in the end is so much better. Even if they disagree, you still planted that seed, and God can do so much with that. And two is invite them to church. The leaders ask you to do it for a reason. It is so simple, yet can change someone's whole life. We often discredit what God can do on Wednesdays, but God does great things on Wednesdays, just, just like Sundays. Social, and two is three is social media. We need to take advantage of the things we have now. Over four billion people use social media on the daily. Just by posting something or sharing a post, you can reach so many people. At, at the same time, you kind of have to be careful with social media because you can get to the point where you're so scared to go face-to-face -face and spread the gospel with someone. With that, I just challenge y'all to just spread the gospel now. Don't wait because we aren't promised tomorrow. With that, I'm just going to close in prayer real quick. Lord, I just thank you for giving me this opportunity, Lord, just to speak. I just thank you for giving all of us a purpose, Lord. I just thank you for calling us, Lord, that you have chosen us for a specific purpose, Lord, and I pray that we won't be ashamed or scared of that, Lord. I just pray that we will have the desire, just Lord, just to know you more and to spread you more. I thank you, Lord, for the youth that is here today, for all they have done, Lord, and all that they will do. I just thank you, Lord, for all that you have done in my life and in these people's lives. I thank you for everything you will be doing and you are doing and you have done, Lord. Thank you for all your love and thank you for your son, Lord. In Jesus' Christ's name, amen. And so at this time, we're actually going to be transitioning into um, a, a youth panel. And so we wanted to give, if y'all want to come on up, we wanted to give these youth the opportunity to just share what God is doing in their lives and um, what they think um, we need to hear from them. And so uh, these are students that are in our student leadership team. They're students that I trust with their opinion. I was telling Dallas earlier, I was like, I didn't hear their answers for the first service. I didn't know what they were going to say. But I trusted them, and they were awesome, um, because I knew that they were leaders that um, follow Christ. 
And so um, this is our group. I'll uh, show you. Uh, I'm going to go from starting from Shane, and I'll announce who, who our panel is. Shane, Vanessa, Jaden, Paige, Caden, and Charlie. So these are our student leadership team. And so we had a couple questions. Uh, we had some questions that we're going to ask them. Uh, we're going to start with a question that all of them get to answer. Um, what is your favorite part of youth group? Last. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> my favorite part of youth group is the relationships that you make with the people that you're around and the way that you can connect with them. Uh, my favorite part is worship, just getting to experience God and getting to praise him and worship him throughout worship and song. Okay, mine's probably the, like, the relationship and also knowing that we're all going through the same thing. We all have anxiety. We all have depression. We've all been there and be like, what do you want us to do, Lord? What are we here for? Um, and we can talk with each other and know like what we're here for and understand, like, like who we're like living for together. Um, I would say small groups is one of the biggest things, but also being able to be in the presence of God here with fellow believers, it just builds you up more and more. And it's great to see how much we have all come as believers and together and how much we have matured in our faith. Um, probably like the people and the relationships with the leaders and everything, like seeing all the, the leaders and mentors help all the youth through stuff, like questions we might have or if we need prayer or anything else, even outside of church or even advice and help with hobbies or schools. They're all just, they're all just very kind and helpful people that I most likely wouldn't have met if it wasn't for youth group, and they've really helped me grow in my faith. So. Um, my favorite part of youth group is getting to watch people be saved and um, worship. Awesome. And just a quick plug, youth group is at 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights. We'd love to see any youth there. All right, so anybody can answer this one. What is one thing about your time as youth that you never want to forget? Um, for me, I would say youth camp, because youth camp is a very powerful experience. If you have never been there, I highly encourage you to go. It's just forms those relationships that never end. Like I think all of us have known better, got to know each other better at youth camp, and we got to know God better and our relationship with God better. I actually have something this time. Uh, and my, um, it would be my family and my friends, and getting to spend time with them, um, and also my relationship with Jesus. Anybody else? Um, I would say being able to grow in our faith and watching us come from somewhere to going going somewhere else, you know, and growing in our faith through that and just our journey and, you know, also youth camp as well because it's like, it's a really memorable experience too and it's so much fun and just the connections that we have with each other and with God. Awesome. All right, and this one is for everyone as well. What or where do you usually look for advice when you need it? Um, I will say, like, the leaders, also my, my mentor, Mark, uh, he helps me a lot, do a lot of the things I need help with. So, yeah. 
um, my parents because they like after I finish the day, they're always ready to talk to me about how it went and the Bible. Um, I'll normally like pray about it, but I'll also usually like go to someone who has experience or that I've talked to about it before, depending on what it is. You know. I'll go. Um, probably my parents, um, and also like Karen, my pastor, and some people, leaders, and my friends that I trust and that I'm close to. Paige, Jaden? No? Okay, that's okay. Um, this question is for Shane. What is something the overall Christian church can do better? Well, for me, whenever I think of the church, I think of the body, which is the people. So to me, I would say evangelism is a big thing because I know, especially as us youth, I feel like we have a heart for that because we see how many kids are lost. And I feel like spreading the gospel to there in our schools or something, just doing that simply can make a big impact on the, on the church and invite more people. Absolutely. So this one's for Jaden. Why do you think more and more young people are walking away from the church? One second. Sorry. You're good. You're good. <laughs> I feel more and more younger people are walking away from the church because sometimes it's hard to live for the Lord and not for the world. I feel like this is a common struggle because it's hard, and even I will admit it. But I also feel like another major one, another major reason is because you have to have some connection with the church. Not everybody can get that connection. Maybe you want to feel connected with being welcomed or wanted in the church, or maybe you want that connection with Christ or the Holy Spirit, and sometimes it's hard to make that connection with your church, but there's always somewhere to start. Awesome. Anybody else? All right. This one's for Paige. Whose responsibility is it to teach the next generation about God? Whose responsibility is it for teaching the next generation about Jesus? Who's supposed to teach the kids about Jesus? That job is for the parents, not for the kids' pastors, not for grandparents, not for the um, teachers at school. It's for the parents to teach their kids about God and realize God, um, who God is. Right. <laughs> Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 8. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as a reminder. Also, your kids will look up to you. So your walk with Christ will become their walk with Christ until they can make their own walk with Christ. So when they make their own walk with Christ, is also they're going to take your habits from your walk with Christ and put it into their walk. Proverbs 22, 6. Uh-oh. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. So what they learn young is most likely what they will believe in when they are grown. So teach your kids about Jesus and so they can start their own walk with Christ. This question is for Caden. Why, why is it is important for us to share the gospel? So I think it's important for us to share the gospel so we can show and give others a chance like we had. If we constantly talk about how he saved us and has done miracles for people, for people in our lives, shouldn't we want to share it? Mark 16, 15 through 18 says, 
He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. So Jesus' last speech before ascending to heaven was about spreading the gospel. Doesn't that show that that should be one of, if not our biggest priority? We can't help, we can't help or save people if they've never heard of the gospel. So that should be why we spread it. So more people can be saved, not condemned. So more people can experience Jesus and the love and freedom that comes with that. If Jesus ex expected all of his disciples to, sp to spread the gospel, shouldn't we? Yeah. This question's for Charlie. What would you say is different about your generation than previous ones? Um, I would say that after Jesus returned to heaven, people didn't see him anymore, so it made it hard for people to believe him. So I think this affected their children and more generations. And each generation kept allowing more darkness into their lives, so it became more socially acceptable to do evil. So if we could just set the right example for future generations, then things might be more peaceful. I also kind of want to add to, so our generation, there's so many things we feel that's forced on us more than other generations. Things of, oh, you need to believe in this. Oh, you need to support this. You need to support LGBTQ. Oh, you need to support smoking. You have to support this. If you don't support everything, then you're a bad person. And that is not what it says in the Bible. And so, like, when you're forced upon something, just remember, is this living for Christ or is this not living for Christ? Yeah. So. This question is for Caden. What do you think the most difficult issue is that the majority of youth are struggling with today? So, in my opinion, I believe that the biggest issue youth deal with nowadays is the rules. Now, I know those rules are obviously there for a reason, like to keep us on the right path, to help others spread the gospel. There's many reasons, but I feel like a lot of youth see them as an obstacle or a deterrent rather than bumpers that keep you going in the right direction. So Exodus 24 says, You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. This is the second commandment and is about idols and always putting God first. If we really put God first, we would constantly pray to him, talk to him, and be the first thing we run to when we go through a stressful or hard situation. Psalms 145, 14 through 20 says, The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all he who call on him, who call on him, to, to all who call on him in truth, who fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. So again, it says, the Lord is near to all who call on him. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him. What if you don't call him? What if you don't fear him or cry to him or love him? That's why the commandment is there, to help you stay on track and keep your eyes on him. And I'm not just explaining the second commandment, but all commandments or rules. 
they all have a very important purpose, and that's to keep you close to Jesus and follow the path that God has made for you. Okay, I feel like a difficult issue that a lot of us youth struggle with is depression, anxiety, feeling alone, feeling like we have no one to turn to, feeling like nobody else has experienced what we're feeling, nobody else has to um, go this way because this way is for the world and this way is for God, that we're the only one taking this walk and we have to walk on this, do this walk alone when actually we don't. We can't, we have people that can support us, the people in our youth group, the people, our pastors, that I feel like that's a big struggle is feeling like you're alone and feeling like you have to walk this walk alone. I also think that that youth nowadays think going to church is boring and that, you know, if you have God in your heart, then people are going to judge you, but, and that's why... And nobody, like, most of the youth nowadays are, aren't coming to church because they're afraid what people are going to think of them. So that's one of the struggles, too, with na- sure. nowadays and yeah. youth. Yeah. This question is for Vanessa. How can parents encourage their youth to come to church Wednesdays and Sundays? I think that parents can encourage their youth by telling them things that God has done in their life because they went to church and miracles and things that they've done inside their hearts and in their lives um, because they went to church and because they took that leap of faith. Um, I also think that if parents make church a priority, um, making sure that it's not, oh, I just did this, I'm tired, like I don't want to go to church. No, like you're going to church, like not like in a forcing way, but in an encouraging way of, you know, telling them church is a big deal. A lot of things could happen at church and making it a priority. Also, like saying, like, hey, I'm going to church, too. Why don't you come with me? Like, hey, this happened for me at church. That could happen for you, too. Like, why don't you come to church with me? Um, and then also motivating them to go to outside volunteer activities with the church. So not just coming on Wednesdays and Sundays, but coming throughout the week. Um, and participating in different activities with the youth so they can experience God outside of church and experience what he can do outside of church and not just in the church. Um, And then encourage their kids to live out their faith every day and not just days of church. I think so many people are like, okay, I'm going to church. I'm going to praise God, and now I'm going to go back to my regular old habits um, that are for the world. And I feel like so many people do that. They'll come to church, and they'll... You know, just feel like they gotten enough of God for one day, and then they go back and turn to the world for the rest of the week. And I feel like making sure you're living out your faith throughout every day and not just days of church um, is a good way to encourage them. And also praying with the kids um, if they're struggling with anything, feeling like they're losing connection with God or the world is tempting them, just praying with them, praying over them, pray for them you know, different things that can help them in their lives and encourage them to stay strong in their faith. Um, and then also I have a verse, Proverbs 22, 6, says, direct your children into the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. 
So just trying to encourage them to go to church, encourage them to live out their faith and teaching them about God and stuff and hoping that they'll stay in that path through their um, life and hoping that that's the path that they will go down when they get older. So I like what she said when she said making church a priority. Church is a priority. Whenever we had sports and there's practice or games on Sundays, my mom would be like, you're going to church. When there was practice on Sundays, it was, you're going to church. And whenever there was, we have sleepovers on Sunday or like that go into Sunday, it's, okay, well, I'm picking you up because we're going to church. Church is a priority. Um, Nothing comes before God. God is first, and that is the only thing that comes first, and nothing else comes first. Um, I feel like parents can encourage their youth to come to church with consistency. It's not, oh, you're being bad at school. You're not doing what you're supposed to. You need Jesus. You need to go to church. No, it's you need to build your faith. You need to start your walk. You need to start a relationship, not... You need Jesus because you're doing what other people are doing and you're doing wrong. It's consistency and faith and trust. And if you're going to be forcing your kids to go to church because they were bad, they're not going to want that. They're not going to want Jesus the way that they would if you were being consistent with it. I just want to say last service one, I think Jaden was also like, there's only, it only takes one moment, right? And I think that was, that really spoke to me. It's like, it only takes one moment. When you bring your kid, it could be that one time that makes a difference. So just know that. Uh, And so our next question and our last question is for Shane and anybody else who might want to answer that. How can adults encourage the next generation to serve? Uh, For me, I would just say noticing them and being there. I know for me, especially having like, I guess just adults come to Wednesday one time and just see what we're doing there, see how much we're helping other kids come to Christ. And also just like praying for them. Maybe one Sunday, just come up to them and say, hey, I'm, I'm, glad, to, I'm glad you're here. Just noticing them, that they're coming to church, that they're taking the, their time out of Wednesday or Saturday, Sunday when they could be doing anything else mm-hmm. to come and be in the presence of God. Um, you can encourage the next generation to serve by serving yourself and showing them that it's not something that is forceful and not fun, but is fun and exciting. And the rush you get when you go tell someone that what Jesus has spoken through you to speak to someone else, it's fun and it's exciting and that's a way that you can encourage them to serve as if you're serving yourself and you're teaching them that it's not a forceful thing. Awesome. Yeah. Um, sometimes I think serving can be a struggle for some people because it's like part of me is kind of going through it. And like I've talked to my parents if they've gone through it too is sometimes you like get up in the morning and it's like, oh, like, it's like a job. I got to go up and like dance for these kids, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. It's, if you have to feed yourself before you can feed others. You can't like tell people, oh, you have to do this, you have to do this. I read a verse the other day in Romans, and it was says, you can't 
blame for that. Like, you can't steal or whatever. And then it says, do you steal? You can't blame people for things that you do. So you can't, like, if you're not getting fed, you can't feed other people. So, yeah. Good. Awesome. Good job, y'all. Um, so just, we're about to be done with this segment. There's a couple other things after that. But um, one, uh, just real quick, we have some awesome shirts on. If y'all have seen these cool youth shirts, if somebody wants to show the back. Um, so we have two options. There's a full color one and then a one-tone black. And so if you're interested in buying one of these shirts, uh, the one-tone black is going to be $25, and the full color is $45. And the money that we raise uh, through these shirts is going to go to help uh, the youth go on a mission trip. So um, we'd love for y'all to be able to do that, uh, help us get to that point. And so if you're interested, follow, find me, and we, we can get you signed up for a shirt. And then um, just a quick thing that is important that y'all need to know. Next Sunday, if you are volunteering with the youth or with the kiddos, be able to be there next Sunday to meet up with uh, Sarah and Ryan Bergman, and uh, they're going to like lead the rec crew, y'all, and the volunteers through some stuff that y'all need to know. There's food. Oh, there you go, food. Um, but I think that is all this for this segment. I'll pray, and then I'll let uh, Neil have the mic. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for these awesome youth that had some great things to say that we needed to hear, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to take what they had to say and live it out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Isn't this amazing? This is awesome. This is so awesome. You know, I think a lot of people like, they're so worried about this next generation. I'm not worried. I'm not worried, man. These, these kids are game. These are world-changing kids, man. They see Jesus. And I just want to thank Karen for doing such a fantastic job with our youth. Yeah, I, I love youth ministry. Youth ministry can be a beat down just like kids ministry. But I'm telling you, there's nothing better than just seeing kids get it. And these kids get it. And they're going to change the world because they get it. Amen. So I want to thank you for supporting our youth group, supporting for our kids group. I want to thank you, parents, for letting, our, for letting our team bless your kids during VBS these last three days. It's been an honor to just serve the community, to bless the community. And to top it off today, uh, we're going to celebrate a little bit. So at the end of service, we have some cupcakes out there for you to grab on the way out. We would love for you to, to stop and say hi to our new kids pastors. Again, if you're serving kids ministry in any capacity, next week after church, we're having a meeting with the Bergamans. They're going to run through some things. You get to meet them, get to talk to them, uh, get to see a little of their vision moving forward. But tonight at 630... We're doing, we're going to Splash Kingdom. We're taking that place over, all right? So if you're going tonight, I want you to raise your hands. All right. Okay, we got to pay them some more money if it's all right. Uh, but uh, yeah, so, so yeah, Splash Kingdom, just come at 6.30. Uh, if, you've, if you've registered to bap, be baptized, we're going to do that at 6.45 in the wave pool. Okay, so if you've registered to be baptized, if you haven't registered to be baptized and you want to be baptized, that's okay. We would love for you to register so we can get a record of that. But if you want to show up and get baptized at 645, just show up at the wave pool. We're going to do some baptisms there. You know, 
the water's there. Why not take advantage of it and just do some baptisms? We do them once a month anyway, so it's a great opportunity to do that. Also today, man, maybe it's your first time here. You've been here for a long time, and you're wondering, how do I connect in Waterhouse Church. So in front of you, in most of these chairs, there's a little QR code. We'd love for you to scan that, and it's going to bring up a link tree, and there's lots of opportunities in there uh, to get information. But there's one that says Connect. We would love for you to fill that card out electronically. We're going to send you a gift in the mail just for saying thank you for doing that, and we would love to get you more information about the church as well. And so we have one big opportunity coming up in the next week. So if I have Dallas come up and share it with you, maybe some of you do not know who Dallas and Shelly are. They used to be our kids pastor, but now they're itinerating missionaries going to Ecuador. So they would, they'd appreciate any support, prayer and financially. If you want to support the financial, this is my, this is my shelfless plug, my shameless plug. Yes. Get them to Ecuador. All right. We need to support them. Uh, and so he's going to share an opportunity about evangelism real quick. All right, thank you. Hey, give it up for Shane one more time. What a great message today. He really set it up nicely on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. We are starting an evangelism and outreach team. What a great message for that. I love to see the younger generations coming in and preaching. They, they play with their luscious hair, and they can read the slides from the back unassisted. It's amazing. I love to see that. Um, but come by Tuesday night at 7 p.m. It's going to be awesome. We're going to learn how to, how to talk to people about Christ and, and how to just reach out to people and just show them the love of Christ. So Tuesday night, 7 p.m. right here. It's going to be awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's good. They have an evangelistic heart. It's one of the gifts God gave the church, right, is evangelists. And so evangelist jobs are to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so that's what they want to do. They want to equip us to move out and to make a difference in our community. Look, we're not about just filling the house. We're about filling heaven. We're not about just coming and gathering and having a book club. We're about moving out of our community and making a difference. And this is what we're called to do. And so thank you for being here today. Also, I just want to give a quick plug. Am I missing something? I feel like I'm missing something. Yes, that's what I'm missing. We need to pray for people. Yeah. Uh, school is back in session. Some of you have already been back to school. Some of you work as teachers or, you know, I even forgot to, to pray for those that aren't teachers that work in the, in the schools. Maybe you're a janitor. Maybe you're a lunch person. Maybe you work in school in any capacity. You still make an influence in those kids' lives. Yeah. One of my favorite people in school growing up was the janitor. Like that guy, I love that guy. And so I want you to know that you matter there as well. And so if you're a student, would you just stand? If you're a student going to school, just go and stand. We're going to pray over you. Okay. All right. So where you're sitting, just, just put your hands towards the closest one next to you. We're going to pray and bless them. So, Father God, I pray for these students, Lord. Number one, I pray for your protection over them. Lord, as they go to school, Lord, that you protect them down the halls that you protect them in their classrooms. Lord, that everywhere they go, that your angels would be there concerning them. Lord, when they drive to school, when they drive back, Lord, when they get on the bus and when they get off the bus, God, during the bus, extra angels in the bus, Lord. We thank you, God. Lord, I pray protection over them, Lord, that, that this year there will be no, no school shootings, Lord, this year. God, I pray that you would just protect them, watch over them, keep them safe. But, Lord, more than that, I pray that you would let their light shine where they go. Lord, that they would see the power of Jesus in their life and know that they have something that their classmates need. Know that they have something that the people next to them need. God, I pray that you give them boldness to live out their faith. 
Lord, that they can say no to the things of this world and yes to the things of the kingdom. God, I thank you for that. I pray you bless them and keep them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if you're a teacher or you work in administration, if you work anywhere in the education field, I want you to stand up. We're going to pray for you. God bless you. You're amazing. Thank you for working with our children. This is what we need. We need more godly people in the education system, right? This is how change happens. So I want to pray for you. And so, again, let's put your hands toward the closest one. We're going to pray for them. Father God, I thank you for these teachers. I thank you for the facilitators. I thank you for the administration people. God, I thank you for, for the ones that sweep the floors, Lord, the ones that make the food. God, I pray for anyone that works in education, Lord, that you would bless them, that you would remind them that what they do is making a difference, that what they do matters, that those kids need an adult in there to be the light of Jesus in that school. God, whether it's private school or public school, God, we know that it takes godly people to make a difference. God, you've placed them there as salt and light. And Lord, we know that salt has to be on the ground. And Father, I thank you, God, that we get to be salt and light in the schools. Lord, I pray your protection over them. Lord, I pray that those students wouldn't get the best of them, but God, that they would give the best of themselves to the students. We thank you for that. Lord, I pray you bless them and keep them, that you keep them safe. Guard their hearts and their families, Lord. I know it's hard to be a teacher, and it takes a toll on the family. And God, I pray protection over their families. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have an amazing day. Have fun getting out of here. But there's going to be some cupcakes in there as well. Thank you so much. Hey, one last thing. So a lot of you children have said you want to pie people in the face. So we're going to do that outside, correct? Oh, in the kids' building. Even better. So if you've signed up to pie someone in the face, go ahead and gather in the kids' building across the way there. And have some fun with that. And somehow I skated out of that, so praise God.